Welcome back to another podcast, another Inner Thread podcast here with my father, Daron. Hello, Sean. You're looking great today. I love the way you your eyes stare back at me in person and not remote. <laughs> <laughs> today, we're talking about oversharing versus undersharing, whether your tendency is to be a little quieter or to be someone who's like very vocal about their life. But before we do, I want to say that my dad's wearing our lounge jogger shorts. They're not out yet, but they're coming. How comfortable are they? I love them. Really do. There's bamboo pockets. I'm not saying it because they're yours. They're really a great, great buy. I'm they're really happy with them. Right? Super comfortable. And I would buy them in a the store anytime. Dude, this is premium Portuguese French terry cotton. With a bamboo side panel, custom stitching, okay. elastic drawstring, bamboo oh. side panel. Did I already say that? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> time to take our ceremonial inhale. You ready? Three, two, one. Okay, so oversharing versus undersharing. I am someone, obviously, who's been very public about all the shit that I go through in my life, all my inner workings, all my introspection, my shadows. So I'm an overshare, right? And I don't know about overshare. Overshare is basically saying that there's a sharing line and you're like over the line or under the line. But I think Where there is. The line I th- is? Okay, well, that's what we're going to talk about in this podcast because I do think it's not a hard set line. But A, there's a tendency for people to either be more vocal about what they're going through or be like be less vocal about what they're going through. But also, I think there's pros and cons of each. And, and I say that I'm an overshare, not in a good or bad way, but I do think my work has been around, like I almost need to share. It's like this thing that I think comes from a not good place where I'm like, let me tell you about all the stuff that I'm going through all the time. And like, there's a time and a place for that. Who told you it's oversharing? I, this is just the feedback. Why do you get, who gave you that feedback? I think that like, sometimes I talk too much about the stuff that I'm going through and maybe too much for people to hear. Like I need to read the room a little bit. I want to know the too much piece. Where, where's that coming from? Well, your brother, your who? Oh I mean, you really want to get deep? It's definitely what we're doing here. Okay. We are a very close family. And uh, yeah, my brother is like my conciliere and he's, we both give each other feedback on areas of our lives that we might want to look into a little more. And that was a area that was flagged for me in, in regards to maybe like sharing too much about my insight. And here's why I think it's maybe negative. It's like, but the whole conversation has a negative flavor to it. Like it's too much oversharing. So like the, the, like there's a, proper sharing and you're doing too much of it and i'm not sure that i buy into it this is coming from someone that maybe critique is coming from someone that's uh, that's just too, too very close so i don't know about over under it's like i don't know if there's a line that's the proper line okay I fine would let's, like to figure let's that strip, out let's i want to strip it let's yes. strip the label away would you agree that there's people who are more open to sharing what they're experiencing emotionally and internally would you agree Yes. And would you agree that there's people that are less open to it and they're more to themselves? Yes. And would you agree that there's pros and cons to each? Pros and cons for the person, pros and cons for society, for the people that are listening. Let me just cut straight to it. I think every person needs to be able to share what's going on inside of them at some capacity. But I also think you need to be able to deal with that stuff internally as well and my tendency was to, when I say overshare, it's because I didn't have the full capacity 
to deal with it inside on my own. And so I was so public and open about it. And it was a way of avoiding having to deal with it internally on my own. I don't know if it's avoiding or lack of confidence in yourself that you can take care of it yourself. So by sharing it, you were hoping the answer will come from outside. Yeah. Now, the undersharer in your rationale here is someone who doesn't share and deals with it inside and maybe only share then or doesn't share at all. Well, I think their life gets more challenging. Like they suffer more because they... There's a judgment hold... there about that. I, 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 um, okay, keep going. Explain that. Yeah, I think that when you don't share, like it's super important for us. To, I mean, there's hard science about group therapy and like being able to publicly talk about some of your insecurities and your worries and your anxieties. There's like a benefit to being able to like put it out there that helps you heal and work through some of that stuff, realize you're not alone and get to a better place. But it's scary to share that because you're basically like taking these things that you're insecure about and making them like really public. And so we're talking about vulnerability. Yeah, I guess vulnerability. You know what comes to me is um, I saw once or twice in Native American circle when they come together to like take care of problems so people that have issues people that have difficulties in their life and it's beautiful because they don't give advice someone would just talk about difficult time in their life financially emotionally mm. they just sit and talk and there's a witnessing of the community of the circle of that they don't give you advice they don't tell you how they're just listening to you wow and you just vent i have a friend who actually says i don't need I just want to tell you my problem, but I don't need advice. Right. Which is important because I'd always give advice. And he's like, don't, I just need you to listen. And it's beautiful circle where you come and say, here's what's going on with me. I lost my job. I'm, I'm broke. No one's looking for a loan. It's just want to talk. <laughs> and then everybody is, everybody that's close to them are just listening and feeling that pain together. Mm. And there's a huge energy release because you're not carrying it alone anymore. Yes. If you look at it, the problem as a stretcher, everybody's under the stretcher now. Everybody's carrying it together now. And it's out there. Hmm. And you just feel lighter. And there's something about exposing and being witnessed that is the healing. Hmm. And it's a very common uh, native way of dealing with issues. I love that. There's not about a solution-oriented, therapy-oriented. It's just exposing it to your group of confidence. These are people that you, you feel confidence with and you're exposing it. And they call it, they, hey, they say, we need to do a meeting and like four or five people have issues and 20 people get together, go in a circle and the people need to talk, we'll talk. It's over then. After they talk, everybody goes, mm-hmm. Wow. I feel you. That and sounds they, cathartic. And you just be it like, It is oh. so powerful. Yeah. Why am I saying that? Because there's something in this society about privacy, you know, especially the Western American society and I think it's coming from Europe, England, like this country was based on this kind of a waspy northern Europe and uh, Germany, Scandinavia, England. That's kind of how U.S. was formed. And there's something about privacy, which is such a big thing here. It creates this kind of distancing. Like you don't share. There's, from the outside, everything looks good. Then people have commit suicide. The family falls Everyone's apart. Like, surprised. <gasps> they look like such a great family. But yeah. inside, it was not healthy because we don't share. We're not in community. We're not telling about our pains. We're supposed to project this successful, put-together family to the outside. But deep down in the house, terrible stuff is happening, right? Yeah. <laughs> There's something about coming to share, the humanity, the, the harshness, the difficulty of life. Because... 
what happens really in those circles, you're not speaking your piece alone. Everybody there is participating in that pain. Everybody there have a similar pain. So they're all holding something of themselves as well. Mm. So when you're talking about difficulties with your partner, everybody has a difficulty with the partner. <laughs> and they're all holding that piece together. And maybe it's touching something about themselves. Maybe they go back and do something different with their partner after that circle. Maybe they can talk to a friend about it differently. There's something about putting light into that shadow, into that pain, into the stuff that we're holding back also dearly and exposing it to the sunlight. And I think there's a lot of healing there. And we just don't do enough of that in our life. So there's something about sharing that is okay. I understand what you're saying about maybe you're not dealing with it yourself well, but maybe you can't. Maybe it's too much. Maybe by exposing it, there's something that helps. I am in the school of sharing is actually healing. So do you think there is no such thing as sharing too much? No, there's things about sharing too much. I think people that can't process anything, and you need to keep some pieces close to your heart. You don't just share everything. You don't just run around naked on the street, so to speak. There's some stuff that you want to like process with yourself, talk to closer people to you. There's people that share with strangers, like the deepest secrets. Mm-hmm. The deepest, it, it, something That's doesn't... too much. Can I get deep on you? Yes. This is why I actually, while you were talking, I think I realized this, but it's almost a coping strategy when I feel insecure and not good enough. I overshare all my insecurities to like put them out there as a way of saying like, look, I'm not perfect. I got nothing to hide. Like it's a, what's wrong with that? It's, it feels kind of like a way for me to overly emphasize it because it's such a point of tension in my mind that I'm like, look here, this is, I'm not good enough. Let me ask you what happens after you do it. Take the the criticism voice out of it. Take out of here. Take all this negative voices out of here. What really happens to you when you do that? It's really good. I would say, for the majority of the time, I think it's one of my one of my strengths is sharing. But in the last few years, I've realized that it is also a way for me to when I overshare. Sometimes I let too many voices in. Too many. Say when I feel like I overshare. When I feel like I overshare. I let too many voices and opinions in sometimes and it dilutes my own intuition, my own inner voice because all I'm doing is sharing and opening up and letting in outside opinions and perspectives and I think that's really good and that's something that is hard for a lot of people but for me, it can create a lot of noise internally where I kind of lose my own intuition, I lose my own connection to like voice and then all of a sudden I feel like I can't make a decision because I have way too many voices in my mind. Yeah, so I think what I feel you're saying is that there's an insecure part of you about making a decision or, or going through s- some difficulty. Your strategy is to express that, vocalize that. You would hope that when by vocalizing it, this pressure will go down and you know what you need to do. Yeah. What, in, what actually happens is too many people give you advice. It becomes very confusing. And here's the thing, that you're really the only one that knows yourself. So I see how you connected to not having the internal process of bringing, of understanding your, by yourself what you need. I'm not trusting myself. Exactly. I don't trust myself, and so I'm just Bingo. constantly seeking. Yeah. Bingo. So there's a. We just read this really beautiful piece from a person that's pa- that passed away a few days ago, and she said that she part of her practice uh, of living authentic life was looking herself in the mirror, in looking into her own eyes and say. I trust you. I think we all have that voice that we don't trust ourselves. We're always looking for that 
outside validation, outside advice, which is good to get some outside advice when we're confused. But what is the, the whole thing about life is to start to trust our own advice, to start really get to know ourselves. I think the process of inner healing is getting to know ourselves so that we can give ourselves that advice so we know what works for us authentically mm-hmm. so we don't keep looking for it outside and always looking for advice and always looking for resolution and always looking for input but starting to know what we need and showing up with what we need and know what this is look this is what i need and i don't need this but i need that mm-hmm. and move move through the world with our own inner advisor you cannot move with your own inner advisor when the inner advisor doesn't know the tribe so it's getting to know your tribe, getting to know all your parts, or a lot of your parts, so that you can ascertain what is your next move, what is what do you really need. I think a lot of people are moving around the world without agency, without agency, without knowing themselves well, without having a strong sense of self. And if you do that, how can you give yourself what you need? So this whole inner work is about getting to know ourselves, the brokenness, our difficult pieces, the pieces that we're not comfortable with, the pieces that make us sad and all these places where you know the outside world's criticizing you need to be happy you need to be you know just getting to know everything getting to know all those nuances about yourself know how you operate knows your sensitivities know where you are and at this point you can actually make a good solid decision for yourself when you don't it's okay to ask for advice go for some wisdom on the outside but more and more learn what works for you. Yeah, so basically... So you're actually less sharing and no knowing what you need. So to add to that, it's basically like... The way I I see that in my life is that there's a balance too because I, I spend a lot of time getting to know the different parts of me. The, the scared, lonely Sean, the happy Sean, the anxious Sean, the excited Sean, like all these Seans. And then when I make a decision, I'm like, oh, who's driving that? Is that the scared Sean who's making that decision? Or is this actually like the committee of Sean's has all kind of voted this is the best thing? But balancing how much I lean on the outside world's advice. I have a a trusted council of mentors and uh, friends and family who I bring my problems to and I share them with. But I think I've been oversharing. When I say I've been oversharing, I think I've been leaning too much on them and not enough on myself. And so to me, it's this really delicate balance of like looking within. I can can think about a beautiful example that happened recently. Mm Mm-hmm. You want to reach back to your ex. Yeah. And you ask people and a bunch of people told you no. And you said, right. no, I need that. Yeah. And you went and done it. Yeah. And it was very good for you. Yeah. Everyone said, don't do it. You're... And it was very good for you. Mm-hmm. And I was really happy for you that you actually said, thank you, Abba. Thank you, Zach. Thank you, this. Thank you, that. I think I need it. Yeah. And you went and done it. And you actually got a big good message out of it and it made you feel better and that was like the first time that i've really gone against like it was unanimous across the board everyone said don't do it at all and i was just like i need this like so I, what happened i you listened trusted i trusted yourself. myself yeah bingo and and what was really cool was like if i hadn't reached out to the for the advice about all my trusted counsel i would have gone about that way different but i was able to blend their advice with my need and create what was like a very well balanced action yeah, I would have like reached out more intensely or I would have been trying to get something from that outreach. And that's where they were able to like hold a mirror to me and be like, ooh, are you sure? Here's what it looks like from the outside. And once I could see that perspective that they were giving me, I was like, okay, I see their concerns for me. But if I do it this way, then it's a little more aligned like with what I need and I'm not going to get mixed up with like my blind spots. So that's a good way to, that's beautiful because you took the advice, 
trusted advice. You, you didn't share that with people you don't trust. Right. You shared it with your inner counsel. Although the advice was not to do something, you were able to process internally and realize what's best for you. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. And then you went and done what you thought was good for you, despite of what you heard. But it was helpful to you to get that advice and process things. I needed that outside perspective. You, you had a perspective of what you really, why you're actually doing it. Yeah. And you realize you're doing it for a, a different reason that we could understand even right. as your advisors. Right. Because you were the only one in your head. Um, but that's a beautiful way of, of processing a, a difficult issue is going to trusted people, share with them, get that in. And then just like a CEO of a company, you know, I ran companies. Mm-hmm. I, I'm very open to, to hear people's uh, input. I feel like the, actually the, the, the people that actually do the work give you the best input. Mm-hmm. I, when I did something in my company, I would go to the, the guy that would actually do the work right. and say, what do you think about it? <laughs> yeah. And I would, I, would, I would process all of that. And at the end of the day, I had to make the decision. There was, sometimes there were seven different opinions. Yeah. And I would say, okay, let me sit with it. And I heard this, I heard that. What really pulls me? What feels right? And I would make my decision. Look, to be a leader is difficult because you have to make a decision. And you actually have to suffer the consequences mm-hmm. of that decision. But someone has to be the captain of the ship. So if it's a family, if it's a company, organization, or your inner world, you also have this whole tribe inside of you, everybody's screaming, no, I'm afraid. No, you should go for it. Mm-hmm. No, this is dangerous. No, this is wonderful. All that, and you need to be quieting yourself down and see what feels authentic to you and what feels right. And be okay with whatever consequences come up mm-hmm. and take the responsibility for those consequences. And even people tell you, well, we told you so. You're like, yeah, but I needed that. Yeah. Uh, thank you. You gave me the advice. I still went for it, and I'm okay with the consequences. And that is, I have one word for this. Maturity. Mm. This being mature adult in this world. That's if you can actually do all that and make those decisions and move like this in the world, this is being a grown-up. Take your own responsibility for yourself. Take all the advice, but make your CEO decision inside. And this is maturity. Mm. I love it. That's why we always say do the best you can with the tools you have. Instead of getting stuck in like what I should have, could have, would have done, you look back at a past decision. Maybe it didn't pan out as expected. Instead of like killing yourself and getting lost in that story, you say, what made me make that decision? What did I learn? What would I do different? You leave it alone and you focus on... Yeah, and sometimes that's a teaching moment for your next decisions. Exactly. And it's okay. Always. I would argue it always is a teaching moment. Every time you make any decision, you're going to use that wisdom, that what you learned going forward the next time. Even if it's look like a failure, it may be failure for that point in time. Right. But in, in the big scheme of things, that will what drove you to the next success. Don't lose, learn. Don't lose, learn. I mean, you never lose. You always learn. The failures in life usually teach you the most. So, I mean, fail fast. (laughs) Just knocking him out of the park today, Sean. (laughs) We woke up on the right side of the bed. Encinitas, California, really holding it down as a setting. And a bike ride, a cup of coffee, good weather, restfulness. We we spent a few days at the beach, swimming in the ocean, in the sun. We had a nice slow morning with some meditation and yoga and a nice bike ride, and then eased our way into the podcast. So I'm just giving us all these compliments. People are going to hate this. Like, next this episode, is terrible. Next episode's about ego. <laughs> <laughs> Do we want to sum this up, or does it feel kind of recapped? I would feel. I feel that it's about really. It's about your own responsibility for yourself. I'm really big on creating a console of trustworthy people around you for a period of your life you as you get more mature and wiser you're going to need them less and less but problems will come up to be more and more sophisticated so create a council of trustworthy people you really believe they have your best interest in mind and you trust their wisdom listen to them 
but make your own decision for yourself and be okay with the consequences. And remember, there's no failure. There's always learning. Life is perfect the way it's going down, the way it's happening, the way it's laying out. I would say life is perfect by its imperfection. Life is perfectly imperfect. Exactly. Boom. We'll leave it there. High five. We'll see you guys for this week's meditation. <laughs>